Welcome to the Real Talk About Entrepreneurship podcast where we have real conversations about entrepreneurship. We delve into some of the conversations that other people are too afraid to delve into because they don't want to be vulnerable. It's okay to be vulnerable mm-hmm. here. So I have with me Chike Uzoka. Is that how you pronounce mm-hmm. it? Yeah, nice. Because I'm a Nigerian girl too. But um. mm-hmm. <laughs> So I have with me yes, Chike no. Uzoka, my Niger brother, um, who also is you know Nigerian-American. He's lived here, born here, I assume. And you know what? I'm just going to let Chike introduce himself. <laughs> yes, I'm super excited and honored to be here. Thank you for honoring my silly request to re- release this on my birthday. When you all watch this, I will be somewhere on an island or a beach with a drink in my hand with no Wi-Fi. So I'll probably watch this the next day. Um, but I'm super excited. Um, first generation Nigerian born in Queens, New York. And I've been in finance for 18 years. And, uh, you know, oddly enough, 17 years in, a company found me and told me, Chike, we want you to talk about God and money. And I said, wow, that's amazing because my whole career I've been told not to talk about God. And the only reason I'm here is because of the grace of God. And so I'm super excited to talk about entrepreneurship because I work with a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs. And sometimes when you go from like having a job W2 to, you know, paying yourself or not paying yourself, you know, deciding when you wake up, deciding when you show up and when you work is a whole different scenario. And so we want to make sure that the folks listening get everything they need to make sure that their entrepreneurial journey is not stressful in the money space, at least. Right. Um, So I'm excited. This is exciting. Awesome. Thank you for thank you for sharing that. That was such a wonderful introduction. So first of all, let's start with why finance? How did that how did that happen for you? You know what? When I when I realized finance was for me, I was actually in IT and uh, in college. My my perception of IT at that time was like help desk, which means I'm sitting at a desk and I'm waiting for your computer to crash. Then I'm going to come to your computer and then I'm going to fix it. And then I'm going to go back to my computer and wait for someone else's computer crash. And I just was like, nah, that's not really. Honestly, I picked IT because at NJIT, New Jersey Institute of Technology, I was told that was the fastest way to get out of school, to graduate. That's the only reason I picked IT. So in economics class, I learned about supply and demand, like the actual mechanics behind it. That, and I'm like, that's why they put out a hundred of something knowing there's a thousand people that want it. And that got me intrigued in finance. You know, it wasn't accounting class. It wasn't none of those classes. It was economics when I learned about supply and demand. And oddly enough, at that time, I was selling men's shoes at Nordstrom, right? Nordstrom shoes. And for the last like six months, this Indian guy kept coming in there to buy shoes Mm. and to try to recruit me for New York life. Mm. And, and I wasn't really interested because, you know, he's like, Oh, you can, you can, you know, college can wait. And I said, okay, well here, call my mom and tell her you said that. (laughs) He's like, no, 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 I'll wait. But I, you know, it was just things coming together. So learning about supply and demand, having this guy coming, you know, once a week, once every two weeks to try to recruit me into this financial company, it just worked out. And so, Two years later, you know, right before I graduated college is when I actually started 
with New York Life. Um, had had a couple small internships with some of my financial companies before then, yeah. um, but the first big company I worked for was New York Life in 2006. And that was exciting, right? Learning, um, getting licensed, right? Mm -hmm. Studying for the licenses, learning about money from behind the scenes and being able to kind of control my life, right? Mm -hmm. I, I've always been someone who likes the freedom to kind of say when I want to do stuff and, and things like that. Yeah. And so being a 1099 freelancer, independent contractor in at 23, it was, it was scary, but also empowering. And so I think that's when I knew like finance is the world I want to be in. Um, because I, I, I looked at it and thought the people that make the most money are the ones that are talking about money. Mm. So I said, cool, I can talk. <laughs> let's talk I about money. I can talk. I like money. <laughs> so let's talk about <laughs> yeah, money. Let's talk about money. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. So we are going to be releasing this episode on your birthday, which is what date again? Repeat that. January twelfth. <laughs> January twelfth. And January is a time of transition for many entrepreneurs, right? It's a season. In fact, between like December and January, there are all these plans for new things that they're going to do in the, in the new year new things that entrepreneurs are going to put into place in the new year. So in your opinion right now, considering our current economy, what are some lucrative entrepreneurial ventures that entrepreneur, entrepreneurs can start to look into right now? I, I think that when people talk about entrepreneurship, we glamorize it, right? And we're like, yeah, you can make whatever you, you can make a million dollars in one day. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I, I think that the most fulfilling things lead to the money, right? And I think the, those are the things to each individual that speak to them. And I always tell people, right, because this is how I got into it, is if you can find something that you love to do, right, that you're also good at, right, that solves problems for people, it'll lead you to the lucrative piece, mm. right? Because money will chase you down, literally, right. right? And so for me, you know, one of my first things was was speaking. And mm. because I loved it, I was good at it, and people needed it. And that's how I started my entrepreneur endeavors, right? Right. And so <clears throat> granted, there are ways to there are ways to make money that are not necessarily being a business owner. So like Toro, right? Like you can mm. rent out your car when you're not driving it and make money on it and to the point where you rent it out a couple weekends and you pay for your car note, right? Mm. Same with if you own a home or even if you rent an apartment, you can Airbnb it, not necessarily by being a business owner though, right? Mm. Just bringing in income. For me, I chose the money space, which is another thing that people need. It's, yeah. it's like the great equalizer. No matter where we're at, we're spending money. Yeah. So for me, um, speaking about money um, and doing it with a team, I'm like the Verizon guy. I got like a whole team behind me, yeah. right? I just can't see them, right? <laughs> and you know, that's my passion. So I really stress finding what it is that you love, that you're good at, that solves a problem. Because sometimes we just do stuff because we're good at it, but we don't necessarily love it. Right. And sometimes we love something, but we're not good at it. <laughs> like, yep, yep. I love singing. <laughs> I love singing. <laughs> but I should not be singing in right, public, right? Right, right, right. And so if you, if you can find something you love to do, you're good at, and people mm. need it, that will be the most lucrative thing for you as, a, as an entrepreneur, as an individual. 
That's so good. Thank you for sharing that. In the world of entrepreneurship, uh, in the world of marketing, it's um, those needs of people are divided into three categories, right? It's, it's, it's either health, wealth, or relationships. Those are the three mm. main things that people will pay for. So you set it in your own way, but it, it pretty much covers um, the point you're trying to make is your entrepreneurial, lucrative entrepreneurial ventures have to be somewhere within the health, the wealth, or the rela relationship space. Because people will pay for their health, people will pay to make mm. more money, and people will pay to improve their relationships. So thank you for sharing yeah. that. So Chike, what is the most popular type of financial trouble entrepreneurs find themselves in <laughs> in your experience um the most popular mm. would be i think it's the managing of it because mm. when you're when you're working for someone you know if you show up x amount of days you'll get x dollars and you know that taxes will take a third of that right mm. and so you know if i show up you know for 40 hours i'm gonna make thousand bucks right mm. after taxes whatever that looks like and knowing that every two weeks i'm gonna get a thousand bucks it's easier to manage it because you know in two weeks it's coming right and i know right. rent is due on the first cell phones due on the 15th car notes due on the 13th yeah and i can manage my money because i know two thousands coming in every four weeks mm. when you are 1099 and you get a check for two thousand dollars with no taxes taken out now it's different because one, when is the next one coming? Hmm. If, if you know what I mean, when's the next one coming? Right. If it's not going to be for two more months, now you got to stretch the 2000 two months instead of one. Yeah. Right. So I think that piece is the toughest is the managing the money because it come, it could come sporadically. Like it can come January 1st and then January 26th, you know, hmm. and, and I think that piece is the hardest part for people to manage money when you get it all up front. Hmm. But Uncle Sam still wants his. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so setting aside a portion of that for taxes later on, um, one of the things I learned early on was doing your estimated taxes every quarter. And it doesn't feel good to, <laughs> to, to be like, here, Uncle Sam, I know you didn't ask for this yet, but here's my money. It's like, yeah. What? But if you wait till the end of the year as a business owner, it could maybe not be the best thing for you. So I think with that money management piece is once I started my first business, I stopped doing my own taxes. Hmm. I think as a business owner, you know, release that. That is not your gift unless your business is taxes. <laughs> yeah. That is not your gift. Your gift is producing something, providing a service. Your gift is not knowing what new tax codes and how they affect you and your bottom line. Yeah. That is your tax advisor's job. Mm -hmm. So I think those two things, money management and then realizing as a business owner, there's certain things you need a, an advisor, a team mm -hmm. to do for you, um, like bookkeeping, right? Like right. you might need to get a bookkeeper if you're not good with keeping receipts and keeping accounts and mm -hmm. things like that. You may need to find some sort of bookkeeper or some sort of software that does that. Mm. But, but hands down money management, I think is the biggest thing that, that entrepreneurs, especially new entrepreneurs are having trouble with. 
Yeah, there are so many apps out there these days to help keep track of expenses, everything from like your mileage to like your expenses, receipts right. and all that stuff. So your only job is just making sure that you keep the apps up to date. Personally, I've never done my taxes by, by myself. Even when I was on W2, I just never, I was just like, nah, G, like, I don't want to touch yeah. this, right? Yeah. Like, you know, don't you don't mess with Uncle Sam's money, you know Here's what I mean? my W2. Right, right, exactly. I've never, I'm always H&R block, whatever I need. I just like find someone yeah. to help like take care of my taxes so now that yeah. said what are some tips you have on a day-to-day because -day? i feel like when you talk about taxes it's more like on the macro level right so what are some tips you have as a financial advisor on a day-to-day -day on how people and entrepreneurs can keep, keep their finances in order little notebook okay little pen okay and write down what you spend every day. Okay. Literally, just, you know, in, out. What's coming in, what goes out. And what happens is we, we, um, we tend to realize that there's money spent that doesn't need to be spent. I call that poof money. Hmm. Like, I made 2000 this month. My expenses are only 1200 I should have $800 left over. Where'd it go? Hmm. That's poof money. <laughs> But if we write down everything we swipe, everything we pay cash for mm -hmm. throughout the day and throughout the weeks, at the end of the month, you'll be, oh, okay, wow, that's where my money went. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I spent $300 on Starbucks. <laughs> right. I spent, you, you, like real talk, yeah. I spent, because now you're an entrepreneur, so you have time to go to the coffee shop in the morning and yeah. do your work, right, To as a co-working space, right? Yeah. But now you're spending $20 at Starbucks a day. Yeah, you know, so there's, there's, there's. It's simple. It's mm. simple. Just keep a, a a piece of paper in your pocket. Every time you swipe something, write it down. Every mm. time you you something goes out of your account, yeah. write it down. Yeah. So at the end of thirty days, yeah. you know the average of what goes out, what yeah. goes in, and then where it's going. From there, you can start to categorize stuff. Right? Mm. You have your bills that every month it's the same amount. Mm. Rent, car note. Right. If you need those, they come out. Then you have stuff that you have to pay, but maybe you can reduce the amount. Hmm. So like I don't have cable, but I know people have cable and like they have different levels of cable. Right. <laughs> you Premium. You can get a thousand dollar a month yeah. cable. You yeah. can get a hundred dollars a month cable. Hmm. So reality is like, do you really need the thousand a month cable or can you survive with a hundred dollar a month cable? Right. 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 Um, and then the third category is stuff that comes out and we don't have to. It's it's we want to or, you know, we're just hanging out or being social. Hmm. And that's cool. However, if you're building something for the long run and mm -hmm. something that you want to grow, mm -hmm. that that's the third. The third category mm -hmm. is where we mess up the most is mm -hmm. the stuff we spend that we don't have to spend. Mm -hmm. That's the hard part. Wow. Personally, where I fall off is, so for instance, I'll give you an example. I was on top of my, t uh, my accounting from like January to like July. And then I got busy. I have the receipts and I have everything, but now I just have to find the time to plug it into my apps and all that stuff. That's where things start right. to get complicated. You know, like when you start to like allow too much time. Back up. Exactly. You allow it. Exactly. You allow it to stack up. You lose receipts. Like where did I send that receipt? Where did this go? That's when it starts to get complicated. So don't be like me. Don't do like me. Um, right. Keep up with it on a, on a, on a monthly basis. Like you said, every 30 days. Right. 
And um, so to the next question, another thing I found about entrepreneurs. So for instance, entrepreneurs who start to make a lot of money, right, in their businesses, and they tend to just let that money sit in their bank accounts. And we all know, you know, inflation is a thing. It's always happening. And so your money is just losing value in your bank accounts. So what's your, what, are, what are your ideas um, on alternative ways that entrepreneurs can continue to invest their funds when they start to make a lot of money? Yeah. So, you know, I have, I have a good friend of mine who's in a similar situation, you know, the business owner, you know, stacked up their bread and then now had a great opportunity to do something else. And now has this money just kind of sitting there, like you said, you know, maybe earning a little bit of interest, but also getting taxed on that. And then inflation is eating it away as it sits there. And so, you know, when you're, when you're working for someone, your, your main, your main option is your 401k. Right, mm-hmm. which is something that you sock away now mm-hmm. before you get taxed. And then at 60, when you go to get it, you get taxed then. So as an entrepreneur, there are similar accounts, right, that you can open, whether it's before taxes or after taxes, mm-hmm. that provide the same value, right? And so when you're looking at retirement accounts, we have to understand that those are for a purpose of retiring. And so that money, you don't really want to mess with until you're 60. However, there are other accounts that are investment accounts that don't have those stipulations on them. Mm. And so I help business owners with retirement accounts, with regular investment accounts, even if they want to sock away money for like two to three years, Mm. that's, you could put it in something that is not necessarily like an aggressive thing, but is more conservative, but still will give you more than a bank account will. Hmm. And so, you know, I sit down with, with business owners all the time to let them know you still have options. Hmm. Just because you're not working for someone doesn't mean you can't invest money. Just because you're not working for someone doesn't mean you can't set aside money for later on. Um, you just have to know what your options are. So that's what I do on a one-on-one basis to really help them understand. Because every thing, every tool is not for every person. Right. Right. And the main thing I tell people is your tax advisor is going to tell you how to minimize your taxes. Hmm. Your financial advisor helps you with the products that help fulfill that, what your tax advisor said. Right. So if if your tax advisor is telling you, Hey, Cynthia, because of your situation, because of your goals and your objectives, you should focus on pre-tax investments or pre-tax accounts. Hmm. And I'm talking about an after-tax account. That's a problem. Hmm. Right. So I like to give financial advice based on someone's tax advisor's tax strategy. Okay. Right. Um, Because I'm not a tax advisor, but Mm. I do know that there's a difference between tax evasion and tax avoidance. Yeah. Yeah. Tax avoidance is perfectly legal. Yeah. Yeah. Tax evasion will get you 20 to 25. You don't don't want to do that. Yeah. Right. So as long as you are understanding of what your tax advisor is telling you and what strategy works best, then as your financial advisor, I'm suggesting things that fit with that. That's awesome. That's cool. So you guys, you've heard it from the man himself. He's a financial advisor for anyone listening right now. If you need any help with your finances, reach out to him and have a chat with him. And so before we leave, Chike, before we wrap this up, um, 
This is the Real Talk About Entrepreneurship podcast, right? So I always like to ask my guests to tell me something real about themselves. So when we talk about telling me something real, tell me something real about your background, about some struggle you've had as an entrepreneur in your journey. Just something real, something that someone out there can listen to and go, oh, they've been where I was and they're here now. I can do it too. Yeah, so, man, I just remember, you know, as a young college student, you know, that week you move into college, everyone's outside and there's tables set up. And, and I just remember, you know, going to a table and, you know, wanting like a Frisbee and a water bottle and like filling out this form, not knowing what it was. And so maybe three weeks later, I get this nice, shiny silver card in the mail. And I'm like, what's this? And so I see the balance and I'm like, oh. And this was when, this was like 2001. So throwback jerseys, Jordans, I was still on that. Yeah. That's, that's, I'm just being real, right? Yeah. I'm matured now. Yeah. However, so when I saw the balance, the first thing in my mind was, oh, I can get like three throwback jerseys for that. <laughs> so, and so, and so, you know, we took the train from Newark to Philly and literally went and got like original Mitchell and Ness throwback jersey, which were the thing back then, you know? And, you know, that one credit card, believe it or not, started a cycle. And my credit score in college went from a 740 to a 550 in five years. Uh oh. And that was from having no financial, no, having no financial knowledge, having no financial talks with my parents, not ever attending a financial class. None of my friends at the time were talking about, you know, credit and, and, and investing in mutual funds and saving and budgeting. Nobody. We're talking about what's the party tonight? What Jordans you going to wear? Let's make sure we don't wear the same throwback jersey tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what. And the so simple life. I was, I was telling people like, you know, for young people listening and watching, you know, don't worry about credit until you're like 21-ish, 24, because really nobody suggests you have it. And I honestly think you have to be at a certain maturity level. Mm -hmm. If I was to do it again, I would get a secured credit card where I put the money up in an account. And if I don't pay it back, they have my money, you know, but it's less of a risk. Mm -hmm. And so for me, you know, I, that's why I'm really, really passionate about helping young people establish the right financial habits. Because if it happened to me, you know, it can happen to anybody. And I, I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, credit card companies and banks yeah. aren't necessarily allowed on college campuses anymore because mm. of stuff like that. Right. Right. I didn't it's know what I was predatory. doing. I just wanted to... Huh? Kinda, it was kind of predatory, right? Very predatory. They were like, hey, you want this Frisbee? Sign up. And I'm just like, I want a Frisbee. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's summer. I want a Frisbee. You know what I mean? And so I always share that story because... You know, for a parent listening, you don't want that to happen to your kids. For a young person listening, you don't want that to happen to you. And even as a financial advisor now, I had a history of not knowing what I was doing with my money. Mm. Um, and, and I'll share one more story. When we first started our company, me and a friend of mine, we did not know what we were doing, right? There was no Google like to do this and that. We ended up spending $800 on an LLC that cost 125. Oops. We ended up spending $4,300 for someone to do a website for us. We ended up spending 
$200 a month for the most expensive P.O. box you can ever find in the state of New Jersey. We ended up spending like $1,000 on business cards that were double-sided, like glossy, no-tear, no-rip business cards. And we did all that because we thought as entrepreneurs, we had to do these things. We were mm. supposed to do these things. Yeah. And granted, this was like, this was 2009, right? Mm. However, now there are resources where you can create your own website for free. You can order business cards from moo.com for free. Mm. You you know what I mean? There's You can get a PO box for $30 a month. So um, as an entrepreneur, you know, you think that you have to have these line items, these expenses, and starting out, you should not have those line mm-hmm. items expenses, right? You know, mm-hmm. and so just being honest with yourself and knowing, okay, this is how much I got coming in. Mm-hmm. Let me be, let me be uh, a good steward of this money, right? Because mm-hmm. it's God's money, we just holding it. Yeah. So let let me let me be a good steward of the money and make sure that I'm not spending all of it, setting some aside for 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 tithes, setting some aside for taxes, and setting some aside for me. You know, so I can live my life and then knowing that whatever's left, how can I put that back in the business for it to to generate more revenue? Right. So as you were speaking, the the idea of business credit came into my mind. And I'm not sure if this is within your area of expertise, but um, business credit is like its its own world. Right. Versus like your personal credit. So is there anything you can share about business credit at all? Yeah, I mean, as a business owner, you know, you want to get a DNB Dun and Bradstreet number, um, which are free to get, right? And so when you get a business, you know, credit line or a credit card, that is, they have some that are not tied to you personally. And so it's not a personal guarantee, they call it. Mm. And those would, I would say, are the best ones because it's tied to just strictly your business. Mm. Um, and so, you can end up taking um, your your business name to go get a car. You can take your business name to get a different cell phone line, right? Where it's a business expense. And um, just in general, um, you wanna have business accounts, right? You do not want to use your personal accounts for business expenses yeah. after the first year. So in New Jersey, you have, you know, when you're starting up a business, mm-hmm. If you register it in the year of 2022, mm-hmm. it's okay to use your personal accounts this year because I just started my business. Right. But if I start my business in 2022, I should not be using my personal accounts in 2023 for business, right? Mm-hmm. Um, back in the day, you used to be able to give your your tax advisor a statement and you could just highlight what was a business expense. Mm-hmm. You can't do that anymore. It has to be a business account statement that you give your tax advisor. Mm. And so I think business credit is super helpful, again, if you know how to manage credit. So if you're bad with personal credit, do not get a business credit card. (laughs) (laughs) Gotcha. What are some things you did to restabilize your credit score after the drop? (laughs) Oh, so I I got a secured credit card. Okay. And I started with like $500, right? And I just... I put a a monthly magazine subscription on it and it was like maybe 15 bucks. Mm -hmm. And all I did was I would just pay like $14, you know? And so I would leave a dollar balance because technically they want to see you managing your credit, Mm -hmm. not necessarily using it, paying it off, using it, paying it off, using it, paying it off. They want to see you manage it. So I would have a $15 uh, you know, statement 
and I would make a $14 payment. And so that first secured credit card helped me establish a good history because at that time, everything, you know, had been charged off or, you know, had been, you know, closed. So the first thing was establishing a, a positive, good payment history. So I used a secured um, credit at a credit union to do that. Um, and then from there, um, I think I got uh, I, I got a, a car. I financed a car for five years. Mm. And I think in those five years, I had one or two maybe late payments. And and that for five years literally helped boost my because every payment um, helped. And then when every time the balance reduced, that yeah. helped. Um, so installment loans help if you're reducing the balance. Mm. Um, credit cards help if you are managing it and not and making sure that it's it's less than 30 percent mm. of the balance that you're using. Mm. Because once you get over 30 percent for the reporting bureaus, it looks like you're strapped for cash. Mm. Um, so those those couple things helped me for, for sure, like a secured credit card. I got an installment loan um, and, you know, from then I, I got back up to 700s and, you know, I never let it drop since then. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. So many good tips. I could keep grilling you right now selfishly for my selfish purposes and learning from you. But exactly after the podcast, off, I'll keep grilling you. But thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being here. This has been a wonderful episode. To everyone out there, yeah. if you want to connect with Chike and grill him like I'm going to once we turn this off, reach out to him. His email address is chike.uzoka at gmail.com. That's C H I K E dot U Z O K A at gmail.com. IG is at C H I K E underscore. U-Z-O-K-A Reach out to him, have a conversation with him His phone number is up there too 732-778-2538 I'll also put all his details in the show notes See you on the next episode of the Real Talk About Entrepreneurship Podcast